Oh, I tell you what, with Matthew, I'm tired this week. I was, uh, I've been in the desert, um, but I don't really know what actually happened while I was there. Um, but I've returned with a delicious sausage sandwich. Uh, at least I hope it's a sausage. Uh, yeah. So create psychopaths. It's a, it's a sandwich podcast or horror or something. Is it? Sorry, I should have input here, but I'm just throwing up quietly in the corner. Throwing up? Oh, because of the sausage sandwich. Yeah, there right. you go. Some reason it's yeah, it's not gone down, not gone no. down the right way. No, right, fair enough. Couldn't fair possibly enough. wonder why. No, yeah. Well, maybe we should um, stop regurgitating all this rubbish about whatever it is we're talking about and get on with this episode, which is going to be ooh, the Outwaters with some delightful slices of bread. Look, just let's go. All right. Oh, Facebook, join that. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast and the world's premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. What is a horror sandwich, though? Well, let me tell you. The horror sandwich is a delightful movie filling surrounded by two bready slices of chatty horror goodness. Oh, well, we just chat about whatever we want sometimes. Uh, I'm Mark, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew. Hello there. Hello there. Oh, you brought Obi-Wan back. Bringing it back. Yeah, oh, good. I'm very, very glad. And this week, we're joined by special, special guest, um, returning guest, Brian. How are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you two? Oh, swell. Oh, swell. 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 Swell, (laughs) but not swollen. Whenever anyone says swell, it always reminds me of uh, the Superman movie when Clark Kent says it to Lois. And uh, she really picks up on him saying swell. I think it's because he's been in the Fortress of Solitude for 18 years or something. Um, so, yeah. Um, that's it's not one you I... hear that often anymore, is it? Swell. Uh, no. I mean, it makes sense because yeah. it's a weird thing to say. It's sort of like swollen, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But it's anyway, been... enough of that. How are you, Brian? I'm good. Are you are you luxuriating in your well the the first triple crown winner so to speak the hat I don't trick think the first am I I don't know the, the the first guest we've had three times I think is he unless I'm insulting someone else I'm unwitting. not sure but I'll take the crown anyway if they want it they can come and get it back I think I think I think you a are a shared prize <laughs> I think you are. Yes, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Oh no, hasn't Sam been on three times? I'm not counting Sam because he was he was host for the quiz for for that one. So he, he has to come back again to share the the hat trick prize. Right. Okay. So yeah, no. So Brian, you're uh, you so far you're the best best member of uh, the podcast uh, fan club. Fan club. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, you get a badge. Oh, um, oh, nice. I'll wear it. I wear it with pride. Yeah, I will. It's not relevant to the show. It just says badge. Oh, so I'd have to explain then that it's to the show. Yeah, yeah, you would. Yeah, it right. doesn't. It's I mean, I assume you tell people about the podcast everywhere you go. Out I would, anyway. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I much. Mean, so I'm thinking of getting a T-shirt, especially made just when I go to comic conventions and stuff. So they, yeah, just, just on the bus, just yeah. telling old ladies, you know, yeah. you listen to this podcast. Okay, so a podcast, it's like a radio show, but you have to download it. <laughs> and this yeah. one's about horror movies. Do you like horror movies? Oh no, not for me. Oh, uh, this was pointless. Why did you even stop me about my T-shirt? Um, <laughs> this is weird. It's gone down a weird angle. This is more banter than we normally have. Um, good. So, what's happening? Oh, th- Matthew, did you manage to watch Power Rangers yet? I, d- I did not. Power Rangers. No. Once and 
what was it called? Once and always, once and all, once and for all, one, one, two. I think it's once and always. Is it one, yeah. two? Buckle. My I keep, I keep wanting to say once and forever because for some reason that just makes more sense. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, well, I, I'm not. Whatever gonna... it's called, though. Unfortunately, I, I am yet to see it. Oh well, we won't. Um, we won't spoil it for you. But I know me and Brian have both seen it, and we were. Uh... Oh well. You know, I don't even I don't even want to say anything about it now. <laughs> um, it's okay. I'm not expecting big things, so so say whatever you, you want. Well, it's it's a bit disappointing, really. Yeah, I was quite underwhelmed by it. Yeah, yeah. I think I was hoping that we're going to go one or two ways with it. They could either make it really, really cheesy, which is fine, or they could they could make it sort of dark and um, very nostalgic, but. The, it loses out on I feel like every every factor of that. Um it's the nostalgia's it's not even ham fisted, it's no fisted really. They're just going, Do you remember these guys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> um all right. Uh, I mean a... anyone that, that's going to have nostalgia for this generation of Power Rangers is going to be like Thirty at least now, at least. So you know, I can't imagine that. Yeah, you, you either have to play exactly like you see, or give something. You know, updated, don't you? Yeah. Uh, did you? I mean, did you guys see that that fan film that came out with J- uh, Vanderbeek? Was it Vanderbeek? He was in it. Yeah, Dawson. The Dawson was in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So it. it were you expecting, like, or you know, anticipating that something like that might have? Uh, I mean, for me, ideally, something like that, but uh, that's not what I expected. I just expected better than what we got. Yeah, because it wasn't even a good, like, old school episode. It was just very un. This isn't the right word, but it's like unheartfelt about it. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I mean, when I did see the trailer, I, I I did think that for what they were going for, they didn't seem to have enough of the cast together for it. Yes, yeah, very true. Yeah. They should you have know, various reasons why why they couldn't, of course. But yeah, it felt like whatever they were going to do, there'd just be something missing from it. Yeah, that's true. But... Mm. Well, so anyway, with that said, with us talking about old school. Um... Kids TV shows. Um, that leads us into the first slice of bread. Um, so we're going to... What are we going to do? We're going to pitch maybe a TV show that you used to watch as a kid that you could turn a little bit horror. And uh, uh, who would you like to go first? Uh, well, I'll go first because yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick the most obvious one, I think. Oh. And I want to get it before anyone else does. <laughs> So actually, to be fair, actually saying that, I'm not sure that you you might have done because uh, when I you know when we were kids, I always found that people fell into one of two camps, and that you're either a Cartoon Network kid or a Nickelodeon kid, right? And I was in the latter category, so this is this has informed my thinking. But I reckon it's probably not a show that was all that popular if you were if you were part of the Cartoon Network crowd watching. I don't know, whatever it is you guys watch, you're at Ed, Ed and Eddie's and Courage the Cowardly Dogs. Uh, but Nickelodeon had a show which was literally about monsters scaring people. And uh, it was Our Real Monsters. Hmm. So, I mean, it's the laziest pick possible on my part because, I mean, it is already a horror film without the scares because it's, you know, well, it's kind of uh, a precursor to Monsters Inc. in a way, in that it's you know got the yeah for sure, you know, uh, monsters learning how to scare people. But I mean, you, what more can you say to turn that into a horror film? Just just do that, but make it scary rather than funny. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would be good actually, because but like you say, it's very much a, cre- a precursor to um, so to sort of Monsters University, really, isn't it? You know, or at least yeah, it's yeah, a but... very, very similar. It's on uh, 
on that same vein. But actually, I I, I watched that show. I was probably a bit too old to actually watch that when it came out. Um, but it was it's quite a grimy show, actually. Yeah, there was a bit of scuzziness to the animation for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was uh, Klasky Super who you know made Rugrats, mm. so it's kind of that animation, but they you know they darkened the color palette a bit, and you know, made, like they said, it did feel a bit grimy, a bit slimy as well. It was it was a really fun show. I always I always loved it. Yeah, yeah. You I, you could see them um, ramping it into uh, horror. Oh, it's not a TV show, really. You know. All they need to do is had some actual like proper scares. Yeah, good. Well done. Probably just but, change the point of view from the monsters to the people the scaring, and there you go. You've done it, really, yeah. I guess. Yeah, well done, you. Yeah. Um laziness pays off. <laughs> I know that do you know what that didn't even come into my mind. Um because for me, like most of my cartoons are eighties stuff, and a lot of our villains had melted faces and stuff, so it was quite easy for me. But, you know, I went for... Well, I went for He-Man because of Skeletor. Because um, he's a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and despite the sort of live action that we did get, an actual live action Skeletor with a bit of... Um, you know, especially if they added a bit of sort of, uh, you know, like a bit of muscle left over and stuff could really, really be terrifying as villains go. You know, and that whole sort of He-Man, Barbarian, Giant Tigers, you know, it could be all very violent and very gory. And uh, I was thinking the other day, why, how come Castle Grayskull's so scary? That if, if that's a good castle, why does it look so awful? Awesome? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to scare off invaders, don't you, for your castle? I suppose, but I was looking at someone was building um, a Castle Grayskull dice tower on... Uh, something really, you know, you get. I got caught in an internet hole, and I was like, How come Castle Grayskull so scary? Um, but yeah, you go in there, you get your powers, and you come out, and uh, you know, you've got to fight a living skeleton and all his mates. Don't forget, you've got the one guy whose head twists round with its eyes, and uh, another guy who's a beast, and uh, the very attractive evil Lynn. Oh. Yeah, I, I think as well, we're in an era now where you could actually pull that off. As a as a visual spectacle, uh, because for for the best will in the world, Skeletor look he just looked ridiculous, didn't he? In the uh, in the live action movie, he did. He did. The only, uh, the, as, yeah. a, as a kid, all I ever wanted was Battle Cat from that that movie. But obviously, when we were <laughs> never going, we were never going to get Battle Cat. But I didn't know that. Stupid. Bird. Well, now, now, now could be the time. Yeah, give me scary He Man. So, Brian, we're we're waiting, well, waiting for you. I started down a similar road to both you and Matthew because oh. I thought He Man, and then I was like, oh, skeleton warriors. Yeah, Just, man. And then I was like, uh, a little too obvious. And then I was like, Scooby Doo. Like scream, and then I was like, "Oh, maybe not." And then I thought, "Mona the Vampire," if you remember that one. I I, I do remember Mona the Vampire. Yeah. yeah. And then I thought, maybe also a little too easy. I don't know. So then I moved on, and I went to Recess, and I thought, "What if that was like the Faculty?" And yeah. them sort of films, or, and then I went further back to when I was more like a toddler, and I remembered like. Brum, and I thought, what if Brum was like Christine? He just comes to life <laughs> and drives out the garage and just mows people down and back in the garage. And I thought that'd work. <laughs> but my favorite one was like because I used to hate this show as a kid. I don't know why I ever watched it. Rosie and Jim. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that. Yeah. But Chucky. Basically. I mean, you you could even use the same puppets, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, easily. exactly. Because the creepy bloody puppets there. Yeah. So yeah. And that's that's the one I eventually landed on. Rosie and Jim, yeah, just going right. down a stream on that tugboat, just dragging corpses behind them. Yeah. Oh, you, you could do it as if it was Chucky meets Sightseers, couldn't you? Yeah, ex- that's better still, <laughs> actually, yeah. Just wow. that real, you know, old school barge holiday. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, with puppets murdering folk. Yeah, exactly. I'd pay mm. to see that. Yeah, I would. <laughs> 
I think you've done that. I think you've done it there, Brian. Thank you. Sometimes we come along to these and pitch a thing and go and move on, but <laughs> sometimes someone pitches anything and you go, yeah, you've done it. You've cracked it. So yeah, you've cracked it. Well done, you. Um, yes. So we'll get that. We'll get that filmed. We'll get onto the BBC or Ragdoll Entertainment, yep. whatever, whatever, whoever it is, whatever it, whoever it is, whatever it is. Um. So that was nice and disturbing. Now, talking about nice and disturbing, let's talk about this week's filling. Now, you posted on our Facebook group, Brian, about a movie called The Outwaters, which you had seen, which you'd seen. And um, I don't necessarily know you were giving it a positive review, apart from the fact that I think you just wanted other people to watch it. Pretty Um, much, yeah. (laughs) And, um, of course, in my wisdom, I said, we'll get on and talk about it. So here we are. We're talking about the Outwaters from 2022. Oh, that's weird. Why did I say 2022? <laughs> it's very formal. Uh, You've regressed back to your childhood. That's why. I don't know why I said it like that. Very formal. Um. So, uh, yeah, let's dig into it then. So this was uh, directed and written by Robbie Banfitch. And uh, it's looking at about a $15,000 budget. There's no particular um, box office, uh, but I know it has had a very limited release. Um, This movie stars Robbie Banfitch as Robbie Zagarak, Angela Basilis as Angela Bocuzzi, Scott Schimmel as Scott Zagarak, uh, Michelle May as Michelle August, um, I've enjoyed that everybody's had to be called their own names, um, just so they don't look. They don't and, forget. Uh, yeah, just don't forget what your character's called. We won't tell you about your second name. Don't worry about it. Um, but I also know that it's won a couple of uh, a couple of awards. Nothing uh, particularly special, but a few from a few horror film festivals. It's had best picture and stuff. So the film is sort of a found footage movie. Um, it starts with a 911 call, um, and then we sort of find find out that we've got um, these three memory cards that they've found, and we get to watch the footage that they found. So let's dig into it. Now, my first initial opinion, and um, I'm, I'm wondering if you both agree, is that it is a bit too long. Yeah, that, yeah. that is something I would definitely go with it's there's a good chunk of this movie that could be uh that could be lost uh unfortunately i'd I'd say at least at least half an hour yeah i think i would agree with you actually um in half an hour just get it to you know a tight 90 minutes wouldn't it you know it's it wouldn't be a, a short film by any means if you cut that much out no 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 um i think it's sort of for me, it's got a sort of largely pointless first act um, because there's a lot of first act, like a good 50 minutes of maybe sort of first and second act as they show you the characters and then they end up in this desert that they're going to. Um, but there's no real setup of characters in terms of learning anything about them. You know, it's a bit sort of just goes from one place to another to get you to the desert. Um which they could have explained very quickly. Um, and that's obviously the non-horror elements of it. You've got this sort of setup, but it is overly long. Um, or at least that's my... Would, sorry. I don't think it would have felt its length if they were actually playing with tension in that part. Because mm, going exactly. in, you don't really know what you're expecting. So you'd be expecting anything, but there's not that tension to make you think something's going to happen now. And it, I feel that's what makes it drag. Yeah, yeah. It has some moments where there's, I think, an earthquake and then at some point it does a weird jump cut. Um, But it's of no context and it doesn't really build to anything. So it's very, uh, very weird. So, yeah. um... Yeah, and I think what you said about, you know, the characters as well is that we don't, I, I would say throughout the whole film, really, we never get to know who any of them are. No, and 
when you have a film that is, I, I think it's just a smidge under two hours, but you've got pretty much no exposition and no character development. It does make you wonder what's left there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, what's left in that first half is, is pretty much nothing. Uh, What's left in the second half, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that when we when we get to it. Uh, but it is something that in that first half, because they don't, you know, they don't put that exposition in, they don't leave you some breadcrumbs for what's going to to happen, and you know, they don't tell you who the characters are and, and what the relationships are to each other. I think that was more something that was lacking than necessary who the characters were. Is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time that we meet I think, Angela, I think it is, like she bursts out crying when she sees someone, but like we don't know why, and, and we never really know why either. Uh, but, so yeah, when you you not get that, it it just feels so just weird to watch it because you just don't know why you are. Yeah, yeah, it's it sort of strange for me because it starts off all right in the terms of that because it starts off with two brothers together you know one of them's obviously bought someone uh, his brother a backpack and there's you get context enough that their dad has died and you know they've they've got his old bandana and you know they've obviously got this hilarious thing going where his mum has bought him a a gift that's just well it's a bit of a mum gift in it where they think they've done really well but you know and there's some comedy in it, but then it never it it the relationship of the two brothers never never is as good as it is in the in that opening bit, um, you know. But I I don't want to I don't want to keep harping on about sort of the characters and stuff like that because I think you know in terms of horror movies it doesn't sort of ramp up until what. Well, it doesn't ramp up at all, does it? It gets to that middle bit, and then it goes from zero to a hundred, pretty much. And <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no gradual build. It's okay. Here's this. I mean, let's let's be honest. Very boring bit. To we're getting weird with it now, <laughs> and it just goes <laughs> like it. Well, it just goes full on straight away, and it stays yeah. that way for pretty much an hour, doesn't it? I think it. It sort of builds to it because I think there's some, I thought there was some pretty se- decent sound design regarding sort of sounds of thunder and, you know, some other little bits. But, you know, like you say, it's not really, it's not leading you somewhere until it just goes, okay, here we go. <laughs> and um, should we get into the here we go then? Yeah. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. So, um, what do you think of the "Here We Go" then, Brian? I really like it. <laughs> I like it in a strange way. Like, I don't really understand what's happening when it starts happening, mm-hmm. per se, which sounds a bit daft. But like, it's shot in such a weird way with like that's such a narrow beam of light. You've only got like maybe I don't know, like five percent visibility on your screen of what you can see. Yeah, yeah. And it, it just seems to keep your attention and you're trying to work out what it is you're seeing and you're not thinking about what it is you're seeing in a larger context. I guess that's because, like you said about the beginning, there's no actual um, exposition or anything built up. It, it almost feels like an art piece about a theme more than a real narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, um, no I'd say that hit that, that hits the nail on the head as... With that, I, I, I have written something um, that I thought was just about explain explains it, which is disconnected chaos. Yeah, um, which is basically what this <laughs> what this last bit is. Um, it's like you say, you see the whole video through this sort of it, well, it's like a pinhole, really, um, pinhole of light, and. No, I can appreciate it's been compared a lot to like a uh, Skinner Ring, um, because it's very it's something a bit different, you know. Like, and with Skinner Ring, it's there's it's, there's not a lot of um, context about what's going on, and it is quite weird. But it's a totally different sort of film. 
But I think it's also been quite divisive, like this film. I think it's this is one that you're either going to really love or really, like, you know, not enjoy at all. But yeah, it go it goes so it goes so weird, and there's these there's creatures. Like at first, I thought there were snakes without skin, and then I don't know what they were. Worm guys, I've written down on my thing. Yeah, and they've got that horrible screechy sound to them, haven't they? As they slide about. Yeah, it was a bit um, so weird. Would you say it was a bit Lovecraftian? A little bit. Yeah, I was only thinking about that today. That when because I've I've watched it three times now. Today being my third. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, but like it certainly it, does just... get that way towards. Well, I, I would. The weird thing is that there there seems to be so many different ideas thrown at this, and right. like you say, you know that yeah. that chaos, and there is definitely a section of this that appears to be this big grand cosmic moving through space and time kind of horror thing, which you know obviously yeah. very Lovecraftian. Uh, but then there is also that idea of you know those snake things uh which i mean there's a very plausible explanation for them towards the end when a snake thing gets skinned and dropped on the floor uh but you know that this idea of sort of uh we, we all become the monsters that, that torment ourselves and mm-hmm. you know that torment the people around us in the end and that there's Loads of these strange little horror ideas, and I would say that it's not. It doesn't feel like it's thrown too much at it in a weird way, because you know, oftentimes when you, you know, filmmakers throw all these ideas into a film, you know, you kind of sit there going, you know, just pick something, pick what you're trying to say and say it. Whereas this feels like the point of what they're trying to do is to throw all these ideas at it. And it, it's not that it's trying to do too much. The point is, is that it is too much. Like an overwhelming of the senses. There is this, and it's overwhelming despite everything being in this fraction of a screen that we can see, isn't it? It's not this, you know, tiny circle moving around the screen. It's broad daylight, but the camera's upside down or going through all the plays that we can only see a tiny bit of the horizon. And it's, I think it's just designed to be wildly off-putting because we see so little of it. There is more terms of proper visual horror that we get to see. It's all... Again, you know, it's emotional horror. You know, being bombarded and overwhelmed, and with the stuff that is overwhelming, it's implied that it's horrific. And I think that's why the second half, it gets dragged down by that first half because you should be ready for it. But instead, you know, I did find myself being too checked out to really grab myself and throw myself back into it by the second half. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that actually. I think I think by the time I got to it I was sort of like a bit uh, I think I think maybe halfway through when it starts getting really weird I was like, "Oh yeah, this is really weird because it because there is no let up to it. Like it doesn't have these moments of tension where it lets you breathe. It just goes, "Right, this is it. You're having this for 50 minutes now." fucking deal with it um and it's like and and you and there's no it doesn't give you any idea about really what's going on i mean it feels like there's a time loop situation but there also seems to be a sort of break in you know reality and there's people are dead and people aren't dead and there's a fuck ton of blood all over the place and it 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 does not dry (laughs) No, it's wet it's blood. All, it's, it's very always wet blood. Sticky red 
crimson, you know, bright. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing I really do love about that. Just how how red all the blood is. Yeah. There were there were there were bits in this that really um that actually uh, the, the one bit that really um, made me feel, no, I, I don't want to say queasy, but uh, the bit that really got me was actually during the day um, and he sees someone he knows and he tries to catch up to them. Um, and they just seem to it, speed run away. Yeah, but it's just this like, it feels like this weird never ending chase, but then it suddenly cuts to the person who he is chasing running away from him and it's all very you know like and there's a lot of like upside down views of stuff and it, it sort of does leave you a bit you know like confused about what's going on and uh yeah i've written loads of loads of stuff down um uh, but i don't want to talk forever about it um well i'll i'll use that then to to take on my other biggest takeaway from the film is that I don't think this film should be a found footage film. Right. Because I completely understand why. You know, it's made on $15,000. You, you, I don't think you can make a film with these sort of grand ideas of what they want to do on $15,000, you know, without a single camera, not, you know being operated and a minimal of equipment. But I I was reminded quite a lot in this of Annihilation, uh, which is a film I, I really, really love. And it, it's another one that deals with these, you know, weird sort of ideas without really giving any answers. But because it's, Filmed from the outside, and I, you know, we're, we're given, uh, you know, uh, the 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 fourth walls, you know, is is up there. We we get all that, not necessarily explanation, but exposition, and you know, we see the bigger picture of it, and you know, we we're saying how affecting it is to see this little, you know dot moving around on the screen. You know, it's like the James Bond opening. <laughs> You're half expecting Sean Connery to walk across at some point. Uh, but, you know, we're seeing this and, and we're getting all this implied stuff. But I think you get a film that's just as interesting, but also probably a bit more accessible if, you know, we're getting a proper view of everything that's going on. Mm. And, you know, maybe you know, a bit more uh, emotion to it as well, because, you know, when you, you're not doing the found footage, we, you know, we, there's a, the scene where we hear, you know, the character's mum call and saying she's worried about them. You know, we, we could see that, and you know, we could get that emotional depth to it a bit more. And, you know, when you've got that emotional depth, then you've got more of a scare because you get more invested in the characters. Mm. And I think that's, yeah, uh, it shouldn't, I don't want to say shouldn't. I think it would have been improved were it not for the found footage aspect. But obviously I'm, I'm not holding that against the filmmakers because that that decision is, is budgetary driven. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was no crew on this. Like, I l looked through the thing, and this uh, Robbie Banfitch, you know, obviously stars in it, but he wrote it, directed it, cinematography, you know, sound design. I <laughs> think he basically did everything. So, you know, um... I mean, he cast his brother as well, so that's more, <laughs> even more cost cutting because you're not paying uh, your siblings full price. <laughs> Uh, um, it reminded me of. Have you seen The Endless? I've only recently rewatched it in the past week, and it kind of reminded me of that because that tackles with like Lovecraftian horror, 
and it's about two brothers and they go into this UFO death cult. Mm. And uh, it's I, I really, really like that film. And it was only watching this this morning after, like I said, I've just rewatched The Endless again at the weekend. And I realised there's a slight connection in that. And The Endless kind of deals with time loops as well, which I thought was pretty cool. As this seems to have a time loop going on, doesn't it? Because there's the scene where he, he meets his friends, but they're like away from him. But yeah. Um, yeah, I feel there's a theme of motherhood in this film that I can't quite place a true understanding of because the gift was from his mum at the beginning, and it says you need to talk to your mum again or something like you know. It sounds like he's for whatever reason cut her out. One of the women said that she had a dream of a mum with like loads of arms cradling her or something. And then there's the part, I think it's just after the first scene of nighttime, he, it's like he gets spout in some blood and he's like peeling a skin like it's a, an embryotic sack or something is mm-hmm. coming yeah. out of. Yeah. And obviously, like, and then it, how it keeps going into this dark and then he's out in daylight again. And the abandonment of it all. It just kind of feels like there's some sort of monstrous mother figure in the film that I can't quite place a true understanding of to talk about it more. Mm. That's that's interesting, actually. I hadn't picked up on that, but um, I say that that's actually does does fit fit a lot of it. I hadn't um, mind you, you've seen it three times now, so yeah. I suppose <laughs> I suppose you've had more chance to um, gather your thoughts um, about it. I've watched some video, like two videos today, and none of them mentioned it. They were mostly on about the the understanding of this time jumps around that is clearly displaced in time. But yeah. some seem to think that when it's in the dark and you're just getting that little bit of light and it's all red, they all seem some people think he's actually in a cave, but others have said that it's in hell or something like that. So again, it kind of fits that Lovecraftian thing of not really knowing what this creature is. You just know that it's there because it's so powerful and cosmic. Um, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, it's, you know, the fact that we're, we're saying the, these different things and, and, you know, comparing it to very different kinds of films as well, it, you know, it, is, it just shows that, you know, that, that second half of it, it is very interesting at the very least. You know, there's mm. when when there is so much stuff thrown at it and you know, I'd say a lot of it does stick. Uh you know, it does go f- just for that idea of that's your horror, is that it's all horror. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, I I'm still struggling to form an opinion on it, I think. Yeah. It's certainly uh Definitely interesting. I, do you know what it really reminded me of? And, and probably I'm, I'm probably miles wrong, but it really reminded me of the video in the ring that people watch. And I know it wasn't, as, but it was so, you know, very random. And um, there was seemed to be a lot of traveling up tubes and, you know, things like that. And uh, yeah, I actually thought after watching it, I thought I might get a phone call. But you know, <laughs> there was nothing. I'm still going to have to be alive in seven days. But um, yeah. Oh, what other things do I want to say? Oh, there was some good practical effects that you know later on in the film. Obviously, he finds um all his friends' heads on pikes, um, and that's pretty grim, pretty awful to look at. Would it be too spoilery to ask who you think? was doing it and who the person with the axe was that this I thought that was him I thought that was um Robbie yeah yeah, yeah that, that's that's what I got as well yeah I feel wow. like he's going round in circles yeah, yeah that time loop is like driven mad placement thing. yeah because there's bits specifically when they show his his feet the show yeah the, the feet of the killer walking and then they cut later on to like him filming his own feet and he's walking basically the same so that's what I that's what I that's what I thought was going on, and that's why I sort of think that you know towards the end it seems like he does lament what he's done. Or yeah. and... another thing, another thing I'd like to ask is because I've like I said I've watched it three times, and every time I get too distracted 
because it opens with the 911 call, like you said, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And then after that, I forget to keep listening for making that 911 call. Do they make it? That's funny. You know, not anywhere else in the film. I've written down that there is no 911 call in this realm. So it's like it... it's still going on then kind of thing. Uh, like we've only maybe seen the first completion of the circuit or something. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure because there's a lot going on about you know electric electricity vibes and stuff yeah. like so. So I don't know whether because when it starts, it's not actually in present day, is it? The 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 footage they find is it like something like that? Maybe a couple of years. Uh, yeah, I think they said the we'll see in eighth of August, twenty nineteen. I think it was. Ah, right. And then the yeah they get the footage in twenty twenty two. Right. So it's yeah. like we haven't kind of seen the end of the cycle for the footage to be actually found. Like the 911 call to go through, say. It's a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? Because um, I feel like one of the, they did this weird thing where they suddenly revealed this sign that said, don't go in there. Yeah. <laughs> and that made me go, well, hang on, what's going on here now? Because suddenly there's a sign that says, don't go in there. I don't know whether it's one thing, it's just not relevant to it. But it feels like it is. Yeah, I would say that's maybe from like something older when it was first discovered, this whatever this energy thing is that's going on there. Or possibly it's been they've found it, they've put the sign up and then he's moved on further in the future and discovered it that it looks like it's been there a while. Like Planet of the Apes thing. Maybe. It's an interesting film to think about, actually. It it gives you so much to like that's another reason I've watched it three times because I really do like when it, after that halfway point, when it it flips I've not been able to stop thinking about it really since first Mm. watching it not because it's distressing me or anything but I just find there's a lot there to think about there is do you think that there is an answer, is that what you go for, because I'm kind of inclined to think that that there isn't one and it's all kind of yeah, I think it's a little more uh, abstract. Yeah, like I think maybe whatever you see, that's what it is. If somebody else, it, it is what you bring to it, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I get that vibe. Uh, again, I, I don't think there's there's many people that will be able to unpick it off one watch. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. My my inclination is to think that that there is. A few different things that you can, you know, you could settle on for for what this film is and what it's about. Hmm. Well, let's get to this last bit then. Where? Oh, well, let's not. Let's not. Let's not. Well, whatever. I, I can't think of the other words. Anyway, he cuts his known knob off. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does. No, he certainly about does. Also. Uh, no dicking about. That's what I should have said. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> I, was, I wonder if I can make that my joke. Um, but... You're in charge of the edit, so... Yeah. yeah. No, credit where credit's due. Um, yeah, so he cuts his own penis off, and we see it quite graphically. Um, and then he... Well, he continues to put his own what, intestines out. Sort of innards, yeah, really, his guts. It, it's a, it looks like a tooth he does it with. Yeah, well, there is a sort of monster at some point, isn't there, in the film oh. um, that you don't really get to see a lot of, but it, I presume it comes from the monster. I wondered if there was something that I was missing, some symbolism in the fact that he cuts off his penis, but um, I don't know. <laughs> I think he's just cracked. Yeah, I'm thinking there's a lot of stuff I'm cutting off before that. I'm... Yeah, I must admit. That wouldn't be the first place I'd go. Um, but uh, what does anyone have anything else they want to say about it? Or... No, I think no. Uh, I think we, we've... Well, I've got everything covered other than the, uh, the review. Yeah, we've had a good yeah. old chat about that, I think. Yeah. Um... Mm, lovely. 
Well, um, I didn't ask on Facebook about this one because um, A, rubbish, and B, <laughs> very rubbish. Um, so let's get into... Ah, you see, I was unprepared and didn't write down the actual reviews. Um, well, that's good. I I actually have letterboxed up in front of me because uh, you said that the you expect people to either really love or really hate this film, mm. but in fact, it's it's kind of the opposite. Like the your letterbox has its bell curve, which you know determines its average. It's more or less a straight line for this. Like there are reviews of similar numbers for everything between one star and four star. It's very strange in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of the you know the aggregate score, it's two point six. So <laughs> it's I don't know. It's I've never seen a film like this. It's kind of just doing different things for literally everyone. Yeah. Well, we'll just stick with the letterbox then. Um, I'm seeing 4.1 out of 10 on IMDb, so yeah, that's quite low. Yeah, so we just need to do our own reviews then. Um, I think, yeah, why not? I'll go first. Um, I started off as soon as I finished watching it, I was like, that was shit. Uh, it was absolutely, I was, you know, I hated the first part. And I more hated the first part because nothing happens for 50 solid minutes of basically nothing. Um, you know, even the music video that they're filming is a pile of crap. Um, he's filming this music video in the wind, like, by the sound of it, he doesn't have any backing track, so how they're going to marry it up in an edit, I don't know. Um, he's what? He's using a sound microphone to get coyotes? Anyway, um, so that was sort of annoying. And um, and then it just throws you in at this end, and I'm like, ugh. But uh, actually talking to you guys about it, and... I spent a lot of my day listening to different podcasts and actually listening to, um, I listened to the director himself having an interview and stuff like that. And I think based on a 15,000 budget and um, what have you, I'm going to go completely the other way and go, I'm going to have to say creative psychopath because I think there's no way I could go middle of the road on this. So there you go. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you on that one because I think the, because the, the opening half and the, and the closing half are so different and so, you know, wildly swinging qualities. I can't help but just go down the middle. Uh, you know that we we've got a shit on one side and a, and a creative psychopath on the other and. You know they cancel each other out, and it yeah it puts me straight down the middle of the road for it. So I, I'm going for the the a bit spooky. Ooh, it's spooky. Um, I'm giving it an ooh, it's spooky too, for pretty much the same reason as as Matthew. I think with a little bit of tweak in the writing and edit for that first half, you could really have something great here, like really great. Like, a... because that that last half is. It's wild that last half, and I really love the ride. Like first time, I was getting frustrated with it, and then like the longer it went on, the more I really seemed to enjoy it. And I was like, "It's gonna, it's gonna explain what's happening somewhere," and then it doesn't. And then you left like, and then I had to watch it again, like just a week after I first watched it, or maybe not even a week after. And then it's been on my mind ever since until today when I've watched it again and done a little, just a couple of YouTube videos on it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, there's a lot here to really unpack." Yeah. Yeah, in that last half, and yeah, like it's not a great film, but it's, it's at the same time, it's it's a great film. <laughs> so it's it really is a film of two halves, and there's no wonder the the score on Letterboxd is right up the middle because I think it kind. I think the first half lets it down. Yeah, I think so, 
the wow. the biggest takeaway I think for for all of us here is that it's good that a film has taken such a swing and you know gone gone wild with it because we how yeah. how many films do we see that you know just play it safe play to a, an imagined audience you know that just that they think they're playing to the everyman when really you know people want interesting stuff Mm. And, yeah, def- you know, definitely. With interesting stuff, sometimes come duds. Sometimes you get greatness, and and you get both in the same film here. <laughs> swing and a miss, followed by a swing and a hit. Yeah. Well, well, for the first time in creative psychopath history, I'm changing mine to uh, "Ooh, it's spooky." Um, <laughs> See, uh, kids, peer pressure works for your friends. <laughs> Uh, there was something about like there was something about saying "ooh, it's spooky" about this film that just didn't fit because it's not it's not it's not slightly spooky at all. But I guess that's the review system <laughs> that I created. Um, and I'm a psychopath. Oh yeah, that works. Um, yeah. So no, it's uh, it's a new it's spooky from all of us. Um, just skip the first bit. You're not missing out anything. Um, lovely. So that was the filling, the delicious filling that we, uh, well, we really, we really dragged that out. Uh, not dragged that out. That sounds awful. We, re- <laughs> <laughs> we really, we really had a lovely conversation there. Um, we really managed to get some stuff going. So last week, this is your last slice of bread. Last week we talked about Nicolas Cage's remake of The Wicker Man. They remade a good film. So we thought, or actually, this was Brian's idea, I'll give you. Um, we thought, he thought, we thought, fucking hell, I'm stuck in a loop. Everybody thought. <laughs> I'm stuck in my own little time loop. Um, we'd look at bad horror films that could potentially get a good remake. And... um. Well, I'll let one of you two go first. Brian, I'll make you go first. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I've brought three to the table. Oh! Uh, one's a 1979, um, like a, not a grindhouse, but uh, what, what were they called? Like a video nasty. Uh, called, okay, yeah, yeah. It's called Don't Go in the House. And it's got like a bit of psychological horror vibe, slasher, um, you find out, I can't remember the beginning quite enough, but I think he accidentally got burnt as a child. And then like he grows up, he gets this job and accidentally sets one of his work colleagues on fire with the furnaces. And he takes some time off work to deal with the trauma, but it looks like something clicks in his brain and he starts taking women home and he takes them down into this room and it's all padded out. He comes out with a fire retarded suit on and just lets rip with a flamethrower and then sits their bodies up in like little mannequins around the room and has conversations with them like they're still alive and it's it sounds a bit shit I know but like it was from 1979 it's clearly low budget I didn't recognise any cast director or anything but I'm not very good with the video nasty era anyway or that particular genre but I do like I watch them when I can and there's definitely potential there really focusing and getting a good like American Psycho, more modern, sleek version of this film, certain of it. And I think if they did it now, I think audiences would would pretty enjoy the experience. Mm. Um, and then the next one is from 1981, stars Robert Englund as one of the team of a spaceship. And James Cameron was the second unit director and the production designer of this, I noticed when I watched it, which is why it stuck with me. And it's called Galaxy of Terror. And they're sent on a rescue mission and somehow their flight loses its destination and they end on this planet and they start seeing their own fears. And that's pretty good. But what lets it down is it's clearly low budget. And even though it's early 80s, it feels almost like one of them 60s sci-fi shows or similar to the um, Barbarella. So I think there's a chance of a really good cosmic sci-fi horror with that done right. 
with a proper budget. And then the other was Life Force from 1985. You might have heard of this one. Yeah. It's, it's Tobe Hooper, uh, who directs. I think it's based on a novel actually called Space Vampires or something really st- like 50s era with the title like that. And it stars Patrick Stewart and Peter Firth. And I remember enjoying it, but there's just something about it that's just very of its time and comes across a little camp and cheesy, They're just very low budget, mid eighties sort of bag and bin movie. And I think there's a potential of doing something really great, just enhancing the budget, just really focusing on the special effects with it and finding the right characters and drawing them out properly. That is a really good film in that as well. Wow. Although I thought Life Force was a great film. Is that the one? That is the one where they, well, suck the life out of people, isn't it? Yeah, but like, I'm not saying it's a, it's not a terrible, terrible movie. But maybe I've watched it a lot later in life, and I expected yeah, yeah. more from it with who was in it and who yeah. was behind it. That maybe I branded it as something higher than it should have been when I started it. But yeah, I, I it could definitely work with it. The remake done right anyway, obviously. I think actually the only thing I really remember about that is it's got really good effects. Um <laughs> which it has, right? It's got some really great Yeah, there's some effects. good moments yeah. in it, especially when they're doing like yeah. the, the, the draining of the, yeah. well, the life force. Yeah. But, yeah. But there's some pretty shoddy bits of acting in it and yeah, I don't feel they let Tobe Hooper do like his best work with it. I think he could have probably done better. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, Matthew, what have you got? So, I'm going to be a little bit controversial with mine. Ooh. Uh, because this is a film that I think a lot of people do like, but it sucks. And Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. <laughs> like, yeah, a lot of people do like it. I don't. Oh, stop, stop trying to defend it. It's not good. Just because they tried to do this <laughs> anthology thing, which they should have stuck to, in my opinion. But just because he tried this doesn't mean that this one's good. You know? <laughs> and you can't say, oh, people only didn't like it because he didn't have Michael Myers in. No, people didn't like it because it's bad. So, yeah, Halloween 3, it, it was crap. It sucked. Uh, but the, the bones of the story are there. And I reckon you could, you know, you could turn, you know, a, a good you know, horror film out of it. We, I mean, the premise, if, if you're not aware, is there is basically a uh, a company town uh, and the company make Halloween uh, supplies, but they're making masks. And these masks are being given out for free and then on Halloween they're releasing a big Irish bolt through the TV and it's going to make these masks turn people's heads into snakes. Like that's, that's literally what happens in the film. So for a start, just, just drop the Irish thing. You know, it's 2023. Now we've gone well beyond the, aren't the Irish weird and kooky. Uh, So get rid of that. But we have gone further along the place of, yeah, most of the companies that we know of wouldn't hesitate to kill us if they made money out of it. So focus on that and have your big scary company wanting to kill us. I don't manufacture a reason why they'd benefit that, you know, it's a movie. That's what your job is. And I reckon you make an exciting modern horror from that. Yeah. Yeah. And drop the song too, because the song in Halloween Three was also terrible. Was it? I, I, I'm sure I remember it being good. Um, isn't that the only good bit of it? Well, it'll it Shamrock. stays in your head. That, that's for sure. Does it? Because it's gone out of my head. You? Uh, well, I'm not, not going to put it back in. I know it's that tune. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Well, it's, it's one more day till Halloween, two, you know, three more oh. days, four more days till Halloween. Silver so, Shamrock. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, that's a good film. <laughs> oh, no, wait, no, it sucks. Sorry. 
Yes, thank you. Yeah. I, I think I only really hate that film because the protagonist in it is so unrelatable. That he's such an ass. Um, I'm like, ugh, can't they just kill this guy? Um, yeah, that's exactly it. You know, there's. He's pretty sleazy as well, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's sleazy. He's a prick. Yeah, I don't like it. But there is there is a, a bit there to enjoy and a bit a lot to like. And I reckon if you you had a play about with it, you know, brought it up to date, you know, there's a good film there. Yeah. Well, I suppose you unshackle it from the uh, the albatross around its neck that is being a Halloween film. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it would have the same abuse if it wasn't. I would say if it wasn't for it being a Halloween film, it probably would have just been forgotten completely. <laughs> perhaps, yeah, perhaps. Well, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a predictable one, and then one that people will not be happy about. Um, so my predictable one is one of the Jaws sequels, um, Jaws three, ideally, which is mostly really let down by the terrible, terrible shark. Um, it's, it's always been beyond me how those movies have had a worse shark each time. Like, how did it start off in the 70s with a, well, well, it's all I've always thought a good-looking shark, to the one in Jaws 3 that doesn't even move, apart from just gliding forward because of the sort of, obviously... 3D technology of it. Um, and I've always liked the idea of a Jaws film being set in a um, water park sort of thing. There's there's something to that. Um, and yeah, Jaws 3. Give me Jaws 3. Because um, uh, I want more Jaws films. I, ooh, I'd take a soft reboot these days. Uh, anyway, don't get me on Jaws. Um, <laughs> and nothing other, if not consistent well and the other one I'm going to say is oh people are going to hate me for this um, Scanners because I find Scanners a bit too complicated not complicated but it's a bit it, it, it's not as good a film as it could be it's got a really great premise and uh, some really great effects but it does lose itself plot wise so I'd like it to see it more streamlined and less complicated. Um, and, it, yeah, scanners. Sorry, sorry everyone. Uh, yeah. Back yourself. Make nah. bold claims, Mark, and then just refuse to accept any sort of contradictory opinion. No, I, no, I can't do that. I must apologize constantly and um, never and always back down. You would never, never be able to say that Halloween three was bad. Oh, uh, well, yeah, but but I might be willing to accept someone else's opinion and go, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> no, I, I don't think you're too far wrong. I, I understand where you're coming from with scanners. All oh, right, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I just, I just find the 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 plot to be really like. I'll, there's a lot more there than it needs, considering it's already got this really good premise. Anyway, I've said my bit. Um, have we done it? Did we do it? Have we achieved? I think we've had a couple of slices of bread with us. Yeah, big wadger filling slapped in the middle. Lovely, lovely. Um, well, there you go then. Um, well, thank you again for joining us, Brian. Do you have anything you. you want to plug? Have you started nope. a podcast yet? No, right, okay. No, hopefully in the summer I will oh. have something and I'll maybe come back to plug it then. Oh, yeah, that'd be a good idea. And then we'll come to you and plug our thing. Definitely. Yeah, me, me and yeah. Mark will be in a race to be the first three-time guest. <laughs> maybe we should just come on together and just yeah. be, na- be nice and friendly. Pick a tie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe, maybe we have to like do two each and then you know create some tension. And then we'll share the third one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, with that said, um, it's not out yet, but I will keep everyone informed. But in a few weeks time, uh, you will find me on a podcast called Conversation, where I talk about 
um, my horror fandom and other fandoms as well. Um, uh, that'll be coming out at some point, but I will let everybody know. Um, and aside from that, you know, we've packed your sandwich up now. It's all wrapped up and in its lovely bag. And on the bag, it says, leave a five-star review and um, an actual review. You know, write something that says, oh, this sandwich shop is the best horror podcast I've ever... Yeah, let confuse people. And um, join all the groups, Facebooks, Instagrams, all that stuff. And um, should we go? Let's go. Bye. Good luck. Adios.